Well, welcome. This is our third episode of the Educational Espresso, and boy, am I excited to introduce our guest. It is Dr. Peter Chung. Thank you so much for having us at your place. This is the first time that um, we won't be at Pascal's, but um, I think your 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 home is such a a beautiful place to have this. And um, Dr. Peter Chung is not only a cardiovascular surgeon, but he is also the president of Global Medical Missions Alliance, which I've been able to um, be a part of, as long with Dante and a lot of other students at University of Florida. So thank you so much for letting us uh, talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Oh my God. And yeah, the, we're not at Pascal's, but this is a very worthy new location for us because this is probably the most beautiful home that I've ever seen. We're in this beautiful study right now. We're surrounded by books and wonderful atmosphere. So we're excited for this very much and we appreciate you having us. Thank you. Definitely. And we have Jess here with us as well. Hi. And um, so Lucas, we'll let you take it. Yes. So I guess um, if we, just to get started, maybe you could just start with your story and kind of your background and kind of what what got you to where you are today okay uh i was born and raised in korea south korea and i uh, went to med school there and did three years military service before get out of country anybody who want to get out of country have to serve the military and then I came to the Brooklyn, New York. I did my residency. From there, I had a uh, long, grueling 11 years of training. Oh, my gosh. And the uh, initial idea was that I just want to get trained here about five, six years and go back to the country. Uh, but that didn't pan out that way. So 1991, I settled in uh, uh, Ocala here. So it's been about 28 years. Wow. Uh, I'm working as a... Uh, heart surgeon. Mm. Can you share more about um, the Global Medical Missions Alliance? That mm. is, you are the current president, and mm. some of the things that you've seen God do, whether that's in North Korea or mm -hmm. other countries. I, we know you've been to like about 20 countries like Algeria, everywhere. Yeah. So we'd love to hear some stories um, of your experiences there, and also what do you see in the future, Chima, mm. moving toward? Well, it's uh, 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 2014, uh, someone come to my home, uh, asked me to lead the organization called COMHC, Korean American uh, Mission Health Council, hmm. uh, been existing for 10 years. Uh, they asked me to lead the organization, I said, no way. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not capable to do that. I don't want to do that. Right. And we argued all night long. Uh, you know, around 4 o'clock in the morning before he uh, left, uh, 4 o'clock in the morning before we went to sleep, uh, he asked me, uh, if God asked you to do it, would you do it? And I said, uh, yeah, if he asked me to do it, I will do it. But I don't know why he would ask me, God like me, to lead this organization. Uh, and surprisingly, the next day, I opened the uh, Bible, doing the meditation, God spoke to me. And so clear that God asked me to lead this organization. And uh, I wasn't convinced that I didn't want to do it, so I asked him, God show me the evidence. Well, I prayed that prayer in the morning and in the evening, the prayer, said, you know, the, the, the answer to deliver to me. It was a so shocking uh, way that God spoke to me. 
And then two days later, I asked the Lord to speak to me one more time, mm -hmm. and He did. And He told me exactly what to do, it's, which is a next generation ministry. Then it was an accident that I've been in college ministry since 1991, uh, University of Florida uh, students. Uh, We've been doing discipleship training, Bible studies, and mission training, and mission trips. Uh, so that's how uh, we started the Chima. Obviously, we take a K out of it, uh, made the name the Global Medical Mission Alliance, moving into the next generation ministry. It was uh, so surprising. I even couldn't you know, reconcile the fact that we expanding so quick and so uh, large. Right. Uh, within about four years, we uh, expanded about 50 chapters. Uh, wow. When we chapters, means that it's, uh, uh, we're giving ownership to the university mm -hmm. uh, chapters, but through that, so many first generation and second generation, you name it, uh, all this young professional coming together to do uh, discipleship trainings and mission uh, trainings and mission trip. We had about 28 mission trips last year. Uh, it's growing. Uh, uh, probably we'll, we may do more than 30 uh, mission trips wow. this year. So uh, I don't know where uh, will be next year. <laughs> be honest with you that I just, uh, uh, it's, it's just, uh, so surprised the way that it's a lot of expanding this ministry to touching all the uh, young generations. Right. Mm -hmm. And something that we had kind of talked about, because we've had uh, President Fox on our podcast, and mm -hmm. so he's also somebody who is a very devout Christian, mm -hmm. and he's a, he has a role as a public administrator. Mm -hmm. So we had asked him, like, people kind of think that those are two different worlds, mm -hmm. that they can never cross together. Mm -hmm. And so you... A lot of people have considered like science and religion as things that are mm -hmm. opposed. Uh -huh. And one of the books that we had brought was like The Language of God, written by a very famous Christian scientist. Mm -hmm. So do you think that those two worlds with you have made you a stronger medical professional? Mm -hmm. That you have that faith there to kind of guide you? Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, the faith, the religion, especially... Uh, uh, the Judean Christian religion is uh, right on with the with the with the with the scientific fact, and I do uh, heart surgery. And uh, uh, when I do the heart surgery, I stop the heart uh, to do the surgery, right? Uh, and the Bible said that life is in the blood, so you stop the heart. Obviously, heart going to die if we don't you know, do anything. Right. So after you finish the surgery, you, you send the back blood back to the heart and mm. heart stop beating. When we do transplantation, we're taking out from the person's heart and putting in, you send the blood into it, and all of a sudden heart stop beating, okay? Wow. Uh, science is a, the, the level of knowledge that that it's the spiritual marriage far above and beyond that. Mm -hmm. But that negate, does not negate the fact of the scientific fact. Uh, yes, I, I practice medicine with a hand in hand with, uh, with my faith. Uh, uh, I pray with a patient. And there is so many times in the operating room that uh, uh, 
my faith, uh, my trust in the Lord, helped me out so many different situations in doing the surgery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not accident that the Global Medical Mission Alliance uh, mission statement is that, you know, promoting the mission of life. So that what we do is not just uh, the holy when you go to the uh, sanctuary on Sunday. Uh, you know, what I go into the operating room, that's a very holy place that they wear. Uh, you know, God is using my hand and mind and soul to, to heal this person. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, it is uh, for me, uh, it's science and my faith is a hand in and I cannot practice without uh, practicing my faith into this. Wow. And I think that's, that's honestly a very interesting thing that mm-hmm. for so long people think that science is something that needs to be distant from kind of things that make us human and mm-hmm. like the spirit of humanity, like mm-hmm. the things that give us motivation and drive us. And I think not only for you, but like, would you say too, for the patients, like mm-hmm. having that faith in the room will help comfort them and like mm-hmm. the procedures are about to go into and things like that. Like it, right. it makes science something that people can feel mm-hmm. rather than just something that may just be thought of as like chemical reactions or numbers and things mm-hmm. that you just think about, the things right. that you can feel too. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you maybe share more about your experiences in North Korea? Because religion, you know, is, is, is banned there. Uh-huh. And so do you feel like you had to compromise when you were there or were you still able to kind of... I guess, share your faith in that type of environment? Uh, the, when we are uh, stepping into the uh, missions, uh, the receiving end of people always looking at us as a physician. So that's the way I go. I'm a heart surgeon. Uh, I don't see the color of people. I don't see the religion of the people. Uh, I don't see the, any you know, level of people. The patient is a patient, whether you're poor, uh, rich, you're high position, and not position, patients are patients. Mm-hmm. So that's a basic idea that I have when I'm stepping into the mission, uh, mission field. Uh, so when I go to North Korea, I was invited by the government in uh, wow. 2001. Uh, so they, uh, they really needed this uh, you know, ability to do uh, open heart surgery. You know, 93% of the world population has no access to the heart surgery. Wow. 93%. That's a lot. That's That's a lot. lot, And, uh, you know, 30 years ago, I went to China. At the time, they told me there is only 20 cardiac surgeons who independently can perform the open heart surgery. In Uh, China? In China. Wow. That is. That was in 1985. Wow. And that explains that, the need for somebody like you to be there. That's why we went to the China. Uh, we set it up the four different heart centers. Now it's a totally different story in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, uh, first of all, uh, I go where the people need the help. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's, a, that's thanks. And. Uh, um, this ministry for the Chinese uh, folks was very, very good. They coming and staying in our home. Mm. Uh, during the daytime, go to the hospital, we, uh, we train them. Mm. And coming home, I do the Bible study with them. Mm. 
So before they return home, uh, I would say that 95% of the folks who came or been baptized went back home and they have their own fellowship there. But it's North Korea is, uh, you know, that uh, is a prohibited having faith. So we don't do that. We don't do that kind of activities. Uh, you may say this purely humanitarian kind of services for them. Because okay. uh, this government uh, doesn't allow you to practice this kind of thing. So we abide by their law. Right. Uh, I'm not going to go there and uh, the, that's not primary purpose of it. Yeah. But I have a conviction from my Lord, uh, you go help your brothers. Right. So that's uh that's what I've been doing for seventeen years. Uh I mean this year, uh, probably later part of this year I'll be going back to the China and North Korea. Wow. And actually uh, in June uh I'm going to go China, uh one of the locations they ask us to start program. So uh, I'm going to go uh, evaluate the price. Uh, yeah. See how we can help them. And how do you get how do you get started in that? Like how do you how do you just end up that you're going to China and North Korea now? This regular. Well, it's uh, uh, seven years after the China opened the border to Westerners. That was in 1985. I was uh, asked by the one of the mission organization at the time. Uh, I was looking for my career. Well, what I do from here? I finished my general surgery training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, trying to go back to the uh, my country, and I need to be, you know, in more training. So one of the mission organization asked me to come, and the Lord spoke to me. Before you're looking for your things, so what about you do something for me? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so I decided to go there, and. Uh, uh, that was 85, 1985. Uh, a few years later, the project that we are involving in, uh, we had a, such a grandiose idea that we're going to build brand new Western-style style hospital, first time ever wow. since the communism took over in China. That was a, our plan. So we had a blueprint and we have everything ready to go. Uh, the provincial government told us, you cannot do this. Hmm. The city is all approved and everything, but it's, there is a kind of level of a process that we have to go through. Yeah. So it uh, didn't pan out. So I thought I'm done with uh, uh, China. Two years later, the gentleman, Jonathan Ho, I met him in Texas Hot when I was training. Mm-hmm. He called me out of blue and saying, I've been praying for you. Why don't you come to the China to help uh, these folks for the, doing the heart surgery? So that's how 1992 I started going in Nanjing, China, where they didn't have anything. Uh, but we started from scratch. Uh, and uh, it, is a, it is amazing to me that I continue to do so many years of doing these things and so many times is so tired going there, do surgery and all those things. And I said, uh, maybe I'll skip the, you know, next trips. Right. And then I used to go twice. And they, when I said that, at that year, I went to three times. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but anyhow, it's, uh, it's uh, uh, my Heavenly Father asked me to do. Uh, I continue uh, until he asked me to stop it. So 
For instance, Nanjing, China, uh, today, um, literally all the staff that working, including nurses and staff, we trained, uh, brought them here. Uh, we trained them. Uh, they doing two thousand open heart surgery a year. Wow. And there is no procedure or nothing that they cannot do what we do here. Wow. So it's a tremendous transformation of the. Um, uh, they have so much money now, and they doing so well. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I thank God that we are we are part of this development. Yeah, I can't even begin to think how many lives you've probably like helped yeah. save yeah. by doing those things. Because mm -hmm. before it was basically like nothing, mm -hmm. and now it's that's mm -hmm. over two thousand. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Yeah. So have you been religious your whole life? No, uh, you know I was uh, I was uh, grown up in the Buddhist home. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, I was very, very critical about the Christianities. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I, when I come to the USA, I was very arrogant. I, I feel like I'm conquering the world. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but when I came to USA, I, this country uh, is so big. People are so good looking and so small. <laughs> you know, right. I. Uh, having a hard time to adjusting, and I lost my language. I couldn't speak any single sentence of English yeah. when I came here. Yeah. Uh, and uh, about a year later, uh, when I about the year after I came to this country, I start feeling, oh my gosh, who am I? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I thought I'm, you know, I'm all set to 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 be successful in this life, right? Yeah. Uh, so I start uh, drinking more, and uh, my wife asked me to go to the Bible study. Yeah. So I said, no way, I, I, I wouldn't be part of it. Yeah. So I had to drove her to the place, so I, I dropped her off, and then I come back to pick you up, and they said about in two hours, they'll be done. Well, it was too far to go back home and come back. So I decided to hang around that area. So I pick up the the store there. I pick up the six cans of beer and start drinking in front of these guys that were doing Bible stay in front of that. I was sitting there. And uh, uh, 10 o'clock, they all finished. Uh, they were walking out from the house, and the guy spotted me. I, I finished all six cans of beer, right? <laughs> So he asked me to come in and uh, have a coffee before you go home. So I walk in there, and I spend the entire night with him. He, I guess, uh, you know, alcohol kind of uh, became like a defenseless, I mean, just let it go type thing. So mm -hmm. he started talking, a very interesting way of talking. And he said, uh, this Bible is written four or 5,000 years ago. God told them through prophet, this is this is going to happen. That has exactly happened. He proving it. He had all this kind of reference and the proving that what the Bible said four thousand years ago, exactly came through. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, don't you think that there is a living God there? And can I explain to you? He said, "Okay." So I sitting there listening to him, and he took me through the Bible here and there and all the way. That morning. That morning, I 
I met him. I met the God. I experienced him. His presence in my heart. I cannot explain to you, but supernaturally, he touched me. It was so real. And I was, uh, I was, uh, I was telling the people, don't buy into this kind of Christianity. I even told them, this is a group psychosis. Huh. You know? Yeah. This is a group psychosis. There is no existent God. They, they cannot trust themselves. Uh, you know, indispensable. They, they're putting everything to God and to avoid their responsibility in their life. That's what I was telling them. But that morning I met him. I experienced him. And it's just, just, just like this, a dramatic change in the life taking place in me. You know how much I was changed? I was dating with my wife for seven years before we got married. We were wow. deeply in love together. And one day we sat down and my wife told me, I don't know what I can trust for my life, the man who changed overnight just like that. She asked me to go to the church, right? She asked me to go to the church, but she wasn't a believer. She felt good to go to church, but she never met the Christ. She never made the profession, the calling that Jesus is Lord and Savior. She never done that. But she realized I was changing so different ways and I was doing more dishwashers and better <laughs> way I So she worked very hard. She go to the you know, conference and prayer meetings. And so a year later, she uh, experienced uh, what I experienced. Uh, she also uh, baptized by the Holy Spirit. And there was a history. And two of us, uh, it's wonderful, um, you know, way that we our home became Christian homes. Mm -hmm. yeah. hmm. So is that around the time that you decided to be if I remember correctly you said that you wanted to be a professor before, before Well I was uh, I went to the med school mm -hmm. and then I came here I was uh, thinking about trained here for four five years mm -hmm. five years mm -hmm. and then go back to the to the medical school that I graduated be professor. Yeah. So that's my lifetime dream. Yeah. Okay? Uh, this is a very beginning before I came to the USA, one year later, I, before even I started residency. Right. This is time that I had when I became, you know, uh, Christian. Yeah. And then once it happened, it was an easy decision. Once it happened, you knew that you had to go into practicing medicine to do the things that you Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Quite contrary to easy. You know, I told you that I had... Uh, uh, 11 years, uh, uh, you know, walking in the wilderness, uh, God trained me. Uh, you know, uh, um, once, once you, I don't know whether I can say all these things in this, uh, uh, this audience, not all Christians, right? But uh, that's my conviction that uh, once I was uh, uh, born again and then then God has to train me mm -hmm. to be his disciple. Mm -hmm. So he put me into the wilderness, uh, go through the very difficult times. Right. There isn't anybody uh, medical profession who will go through 11 years training, but I had. Wow. Through this period of time, I totally, totally come to know him. 
It's not that morning, very morning in nineteen September of nineteen seventy nine, in the morning that I experienced the God, I met Him, but that's a beginning. I have to. There is so many things within me is not aligned with the principle of God. I have to change. I have to, you know, be a, a disciple. So uh, this eleven years of period of time is just did that. God, you know, otherwise, I could be going many different directions. But it's a you know, door is only the shop. I have to, I have to, you know. Make a curve uh, in my path, and all these things happening, to, to be his child, mm -hmm. to have a, let me put it this way, to have a total dependency on him, mm -hmm. total dependence on my heavenly Father. That's what I learned this during this eleven years of training, and after I said and done all these things, the training was done, and. Uh, uh, it is very, very interesting. The dream that I had to want to go back to the Korea to be a professor, uh, God didn't allow me to do that. Right. And every aspect of the blocked off and blocked off, and I keep on going and keep on going. But by then I settled in, okay, Lord, uh, I'm yours. You do whatever you want me to do. So I settled in here. It's a very clearly God led me to the Ocala here. And I, and, and I thought, this is ridiculous coming and settling in Ocala. You know, <laughs> I came down here, uh, my partner is interviewing me. Uh, I came down four times. Right. I said, there's no way I can come here. And then he called me and said, uh, I'll send you the, all the airline ticket for all your family. <laughs> <laughs> At least your children can go to the Disney, you know. <laughs> So I buy in, I came down. <coughs> and after that, I said, uh, Mike, I cannot come here because I don't have a church to serve because I need to serve a Korean church. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, he called me, I found the church. <laughs> it took oh only 30 God. minutes in the Gainesville. Right. Yeah. It took more than 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came and looked at the church, uh, I felt strongly that God asked me to come. And as four times I came, I finally decided to come and stay here. Uh, so after I settled in, three months after I settled in in Nokala, the phone started ringing from Korea, asked me to come. So God has such a such a sense of humor that right. I was just, I was a, you know dying to go back, and finally spiritually, and I. I submit myself to the Lord and settle in Ocala, and then all of a sudden, people start calling me. That's right when you get the offer now to go to Korea. <laughs> <laughs> so as I as as I hang up the phone and then my heart is, oh my gosh, <laughs> but here I am, and then I, I didn't know what God will do uh, when I came down here. It's amazing things happen. Right. It's since nineteen ninety when I settled in here. It is such amazing things happen, uh, you know. That's how we started China missions and North Korea mission and college ministries, and uh, it was so exciting time that I, you know I had the time of my life mm -hmm. uh, since nineteen ninety one. Still going on, uh, you know. Probably uh, 
by my age, I should be sitting at the beach and <laughs> waiting to die. Right. <laughs> but you know, I've never been this busy in the entire my life. Wow. I have two full-time jobs. I'm working as a, as a cardiovascular surgeon, full-time. I mean, full-time. I mean, really two foot into the, into the uh, practice. And same time, I do this uh, ministry of Chima and Futa. Mm -hmm. And top of that, I do still do the China and North Korea missions. So it's, mm -hmm. it's an amazing journey mm -hmm. that I had. Yeah. I yeah. feel like in a way, too, like it's almost unexpected the way that you were called back to Korea. Mm -hmm. It was never the way that you had intention when you yeah. arrive in New York and you're ready to go back to South Korea be a professor. But yeah. like you were called back to that peninsula to the north uh -huh. and it was there for the mission trips and you were helped like do you think as somebody that was born in Korea like do you have like a what does it feel like to go to North Korea and like help save lives there and like set up 2000 when we went to 2001 uh, literally there is no communication between North Korea and the USA mm -hmm. we were actually only connecting pieces I mean Wow. We go do the heart surgery, right? Uh, and you're right. I mean, you, I'm glad you pointed out that I tried to go back to South Korea. Right. But if I was uh, in South Korea, I wouldn't be able to go to Korea, right? Uh, since I'm staying, I'm a U.S. Mm -hmm. citizen. And I felt such a privilege. Mm -hmm. uh, not many people invited to come to that country. Right. But we are invited because of... Uh, uh, that we are heart surgeon, uh, which they need their specialties. So it was amazing um, uh, the way the government inviting us to come. Uh, so uh, we have we've been treated very well, uh, very respected mutually, and we served the, those folks very very well. Uh, it was uh, it was tremendous. You know that uh, um, after difficult time of surgery and looking out the window and I, I was just, I was it's mind-boggling what in the world I am here right. in this city in this hospital and uh, performing surgery for my own people mm -hmm. it's amazing mm -hmm. so what was it like to move to uh, Brooklyn in the 80s not speaking much of any English. You know, uh, I did a residence in, uh, in New York, uh, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. I thought everybody speaking English. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, later on I found out that even mm -hmm. the Caucasian, I mean the Americans have a hard time to understand Brooklyn. English, <laughs> exactly, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Uh, it, was, it was so bad. Mm -hmm. uh, when they called me, I said, what is your uh, station? They they give a station name, I write down, I walk all the way over there. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> and then the nurse say, patient has a fever. <laughs> and give some Tylenol. <laughs> it's very silly things, but that's what I had to live with. Uh, and uh, I never learned the spoken language. I just learned reading the book. We used the uh, uh, medical textbook and English textbook, mm -hmm. but I never practiced spoken languages. Mm -hmm. It was a, um, it's such a feeling that you're losing your identities, mm -hmm. 
Interesting. You feel like you are so stupid, <laughs> dumb, mm. <laughs> cannot express yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's a part of the God's plan to, you know, crush him down and break up the ego a little bit. And then yeah. all of a sudden, mm. the Lord came to my life and mm. changed me. So wow. it was very, 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 very difficult. Mm. Uh, that's why it works really good when Chinese folks come in here. Mm-hmm. I understand the world. Yeah. You know, the, the, one of my partner, uh, when, when, he, when I go out of town, he takes uh, these Chinese visitors to their home. Mm-hmm. The way he speaks, they speak like the way that you know, these students sitting there, what are you talking about? <laughs> but when I do, when I speak with them, I know how to talk with them. Right. Mm. You know, so it's uh, helped me. Building off that, you probably visited many countries where you might not be able to sp- necessarily speak the language, like whether that's in Honduras or mm-hmm. Algeria. How have you, I guess, what have you learned from that experience and I guess what has helped you bridge other, uh, communicating with other cultures, I mm. guess? Well, it's... Uh, um, <clears throat> When you have uh, uh, U.S. dollar and you speak English, you can get by any place you go. Because all these people mm. can speak the English, mm-hmm. and the currency is a uh, universal currency. Um, the, you, when you go to the different countries, uh, basically, it is a more to heart to heart kind of conversations. Uh, you know, we have a, a language is very, very important to communicate each other, expressing you know, each other's. Uh, but sometimes it's not perfect language. Uh, there is a more to heart of, you know, the actions and your posture, the way you smile and mm. all those things that can put it together. The most of the country that I visited is some, you know, South American, you know, when we're doing the uh, ministry, college ministry, you have students. Uh, we started with the Belize, and then we went to the uh, uh, Argentina, we went to the uh, Venezuela. Uh, and, you know, as we're doing that, uh, we had uh, no problem with communicating with them. Uh, and uh, I think at some point it's a better even without the languages. Mm. Uh, we, time after time, we experience that. So any place that with your goodwill, especially mission-minded spirit, and then you go somewhere, it works all the time. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. And I guess this is kind of a segue, but you mentioned, you know, uh, dating your wife, but one of the other books we brought, because... I know you like joking about Jima Harmony and how you've connected a lot of people or people are marrying as a result. So because a lot of our audiences are college students, do you have any advice for people that are single or dating or planning to get married in the future? Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I met my wife when I was in college. Uh, actually, uh, the Korea has a different uh, education system. So I was in med school. She was a uh, nursing college, four years nursing college. So I created uh, the literature club. So she was uh, uh, head of that 
the nursing college and I was in med school and then we had the dental school that were coming in and we had the literature club. That's the way I met her. It was a, it was a quite story, but uh, I wouldn't bore you uh, <laughs> to say that. But anyhow, uh, we're doing this uh, group together. Uh, suddenly it just sparked and we start dating and we, you know, seeing each other every day. And, uh, but it took me about seven years, it took us for seven years before we get wedding because I had to go to military service and I had to come to this country and uh, my wife's mother passed and oh. so it took quite some time. Uh, we took seven years uh, dating before we get married. So I was, as I do this Jima ministry, uh, I take a lot of them to the mission trip and I, I see a lot of them in campuses and I, I tell them, uh, this is a very, very good time to meet somebody. Uh, you are in the college and you, know, you are in the spiritually uh, really active in this. Is. So I used to joke and saying that I'm a president of the GMAharmony.com too. <laughs> but you know what? We have, uh, we have uh, GMA couples are popping out and everywhere. <laughs> See? You know, we took the, we took the, uh, the nurse who practicing nurse for several years in Atlanta. And then we took the engineer who is a uh, mentor of the USF chapters. They all came to the, from different city, came to the Honduras. And they're going to get married the May 5th. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You're a matchmaker. <laughs> and I took the, I took the surgical residents, uh, internal medicine resident from Georgia to mission trip. I'm going to go do the wedding for them in September. Oh my wow. gosh. <laughs> we had a couple who came from the UC Berkeley and he's a med school and she's a nurse. They already married, they have a child. Wow. So, <laughs> so it's a good thing to happening. Uh, right. But you know, there is uh, some uh, precautions and I give some good advice to them not to hurt the fellowship. Uh -huh. But I think it's a, very good time to meet somebody uh, while you're in college or you're especially uh, in the, you know, especially uh, connected together. It'll be, it'll be a very good time. All right. So anybody listening, you got to go ahead and put yourself out there. <laughs> if there's a guy or girl that you like, you just got to ask them now because this is the time to do it while you're in college and while you're active yes. and ready. And as a last thing, probably in closing too, for just people, for our audience as well that are this age and that are worried about the future mm. and that maybe are unsure, they have this plan for their life and it maybe isn't, they have a lot of anxiety that mm -hmm. the future is a scary place. Mm -hmm. What is your advice to them as somebody that really kind of, your life was one way and now you've ended up in a very good position just by living life as it was given to you? Mm. What is your advice to them that the future will be okay? My advice will be very, very limited audience because I cannot speak for someone else's life. It's only I can speak uh, through my life. Right. Uh, and I had a, this grandiose idea that coming in this country for trained and then go back to the uh, med school where I graduated to professor. And... Uh, um, as I sitting here today, that it's the, my plan that I thought these are wonderful things. Uh, 
this never happens. But, uh, but now I see that far better than what I initially planned, uh, the life I'm living in. Uh, it is why God has his own way to lead me to the praise. And when you look at the Bible, God said that uh, I created you. Before the foundation, I created you. What God's saying is that before... One single DNA formed at the mother's womb, you already created before the foundations. So I created you, I redeemed you because of that, God saying, You are mine. Mm -hmm. This life is not supposed to take on our own hands. This life is not mine. This is life belong to Him. So you're turning your life to Him? That's all that is. Once you do that, you want to live your life is far better than beyond the world than what you dreamed of. Wow. That's a testimony that I have. I turned my life to Him. It took process, like I told you, 11 years in wilderness. God shaped me, and little by little, I keep on turning my life to Him, and He owns me. And I don't know what, what's going to be tomorrow. I'm so excited about it. I, even I do not know, but I'm so excited about it because... I never expected this excited about uh, even a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And and I strongly advise that you need to turn your life away to belong to. Mm -hmm. The God has your life. You turn him over to him. He will take you to the place that you never imagined to be. Wow. I don't mean to preach anything, but that's, a, that's <laughs> oh, my yeah. touch. And other than that, I cannot say anything. I never, you know, I couldn't say that I walked out to, to come to this place. I couldn't say that. Because yeah. mm. it's totally different plan that I have than I'm living now. Mm. But it worked out for the better, like you said. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. You know, the uh, one more thing, if I may... Um, Everybody has a different opinion or definition of the success. Mm -hmm. okay. So my definition of the success is that their peace. You, you mentioned the beautiful home. This doesn't give you any peace in your heart. There are so many multimillionaires and life is so miserable. You know, once I turn the life to the God and I have such a peace in my heart. I think that's the ultimate success of the life. That's the way I see it. And I'm enjoying very much. And I'm at, I have ultimate peace in my heart. That does not mean I encounter all these difficulties in my life. I still do. But the joy and peace I have is sufficient enough to overcome all these troubles coming on our ways. So that's, uh, that's who I am. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting us into your home mm -hmm. and inviting us into your heart for telling us about your story. It's uh, thank you. very thank inspiring. You. Yeah. You've done a lot and you've saved a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's yeah. been really, really fascinating to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate it so much. Sure. All right. Thank, thank you. you.